Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their world. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. New Year's resolutions and leadership. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, in studio today with Ron Price. Welcome to 2017, and I know this is the time of year we all say, New Year's resolutions, I'm going to do this, set these goals, get this stuff done. Ron, the big question is, how do we make them and how do we keep them? Yeah, well, Dale, first of all, Happy New Year. And Happy New Year to you. I'm sure that 2017 is going to be a terrific year, full of challenge and full of opportunity. So this is a funny thing. This idea of of making New Year's resolutions actually goes way back to the Romans. Uh, They were making their resolutions to the gods. And then during the medieval era, the knights would make their resolutions sometime uh, toward the end of the Christmas season. And uh, it, it sort of found its roots in America around the time of uh, the Great Depression, coming out of the Great Depression. So as you asked me, so how do you make them? How do you keep them? Well, I guess most people in today's world have sort of become skeptical about resolutions because we have the impression that people have a hard time keeping them. You know, it's one of the interesting things that I found as I've looked into this more because I've been interested in this for a number of years myself is that uh, even though only about 40% of Americans make resolutions of those 40%, about half of them are 10 times more successful following through and having some degree of success than uh, the people that don't make any resolutions at all. So eh, for about half the people that make them, even though they may not live up to their expectations, they do make a little bit of progress. They do take a few steps forward. So I guess the first thing about how do you make them and how do you keep them is, well, you do make them. You do think about them. And uh, I I think there's a little bit more science to, to it that we add to that. I think first, how do you make them is let's think about the few things that if you worked on would make the biggest difference. Because one of the causes of failure for New Year's resolutions is that we think we're going to turn our whole life around overnight. And uh, all of a sudden, we're going to be a different person. And most New Year's resolutions are made around the idea of changing a habit. And a habit, by its very nature, is something that we tend to repeat over and over and over again without even thinking. It just becomes routine or it becomes ritual. So if you're going to make a new habit, You've got to develop a whole new way of thinking and acting around some particular area that you want to grow in. The easiest way to fail at doing that is to try to do a whole bunch of them all at once. So that's number one. As in putting together the whole list, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to strengthen relationships with family. I'm going to make these changes at work. That's, That's a fast way to set yourself up for failure. Absolutely. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, the list includes eating healthier food, losing weight, exercising more, drinking less alcohol, quitting smoking, stopping biting my nails. And it goes on. It's on and on and on. It includes your mental well-being, being more positive, getting out of debt, improving your career, getting a new job or improving yourself by being more organized or less grumpy. Sometimes it's, I'm going to take a trip this year. I'm going to take that first cruise, or it may be, I'm going to volunteer to help other people or I'm going to get along better with other people or make some new friends or I'm going to spend more time with my family or uh, for some people it's this is the year I'm going to get married. I'm going to get engaged or I'm going to have kids this year. And of course, there are those people who say I'm going to pray more. 
I'm going to be closer to God or be more spiritual, or I'm going to spend less time on Facebook. <laughs> These are all the, all the categories that people draw from. And what happens is when somebody sits down to write down a resolution or they think about a resolution, they tend to think about lots of things instead of just focusing on one or two. So the first thing is to focus on one. And let's see how you can do with that, create a new habit, and then we can go from there. So there's, there are a lot of theories out there about how long it takes to establish a new habit, whether it's an exercise habit or it's eating better or, or, or uh, drinking less or whatever it might be. I remember years ago hearing that the magic formula was 21 days to a new habit. Yeah, when I researched that, I found out there's really no credibility to that guarantee. And I've come to the conclusion that the kind of habit you're forming and who you are as a person is going to have a lot of impact on how many times you have to repeat it as a basis of self-discipline before it becomes easy. So what I say is, you know, you've created a new habit when it's harder not to do it than it is to do it. So if you're going to drink less, you know, you got a new habit when it's hard to decide to go ahead and have a glass of wine. Or if you decide that you're going to lose weight, you know that you've created a new habit when you've established a pattern of getting on the scales, which by the way, our friend Whit Mitchell says is the best feedback tool in the world because it's objective. You choose to do it. It doesn't lie. It doesn't beat you up. It doesn't soften up the blow. You, it's just plain old honest data right there. But whatever you do, you repeat it often enough that eventually it's harder to not do it than it is to do it. At that point, you've established a habit. So let's let's talk about choosing the right, the right commitment to make, the right resolution to make, uh, coming out of reflection. So taking some time at the beginning of the year to look back onto 2016 in this case and say, you know, what went right, what went wrong, in what areas am I best? Do I, do I need to pay some close attention to become my best? Yeah, and I think because most New Year's resolutions are around the idea of who I'm becoming, that the first place to start is to do a little bit of an inventory for the previous year. So sit down and have two columns on a piece of paper. One column is, are things that I really feel good about that I became or that I mastered or that I grew in in this past year. And the other column is things that I'm not so happy about, maybe where I got into a bad habit or I, I, I didn't live up to my expectations for myself during that year. And it could be any kind of a self-discipline or any kind of a behavior, could be an attitude. And so you make those two lists and out of that, you then make your list for 2017 and you say, this is, these are the things I'm thinking about that I'd like to become, or I'd like to learn, or I'd like to do in 2017. And once you have that list and that list can be as long as, or as short as you want it to be. But once you have that list, the magic question is, if I could only get one of these done, which one would I choose? Which one would I be the happiest about accomplishing or mastering during this year? And circle that one. And then let's do something with that one that you've chosen. Let's create what we call SMART goals. And we call them SMART goals because we're using an acronym, S-M-A-R-T. So S means let's write it as specific as we can get it. So instead of I want to lose weight this year, I'm going to lose 22 pounds this year. Or I'm going to lose 22 pounds by April 1st or by June 1st or whatever. So first, it's specific and you've written it down. The second is having a way to measure it. So when we talk about losing weight, when you say I'm going to be at 173 by June 1st, that's a great way to state it as a positive goal 
that is measurable, that's specific. Maybe it's, I'm going to exercise five times a week. Well, five times a week is the measurement. Maybe it's, I'm going to reduce my debt by $25,000 in 2017. Whatever that goal is, it's specific, but now make sure that there's a black and white way to measure it, a very clear way to measure it. Now you might say, well, I want to get along well with other, better with other people during 2017. A little bit harder to measure, but one of the ways you could measure it is by asking a few people around you, if you could check with them every couple of weeks and ask them to give you honest feedback on a scale of one to five, one being I've not gotten any nicer in the way I interact with people, five being I've become the diplomat of all times, ask them to give you a score every other week. And so that's a way that you can still measure something that normally is harder to measure. So it's specific, measurable. The A stands for, is it really achievable? Is it really something that's within your reach to do? And what I like to say is let's Pick a, a goal that you have an 80% chance or better of achieving. I like that number 80% because you do have a good chance of achieving it and you're building your confidence. You're building that muscle for future goal setting and achieving. There's so many positive things that come out of achieving it, but I don't really like the 100% chance of achieving because there's no challenge there. There's not much motivation. It's almost like, why do I even need a goal if I can do 100%? So I think that 80% chance of achieving is pretty special, pretty magic. Next is R, is it relevant to the big picture? Is it relevant to who I want to become as a human being in the future? Is it relevant to where I'm going in my career, where I'm going in my relationships, where I'm going in my finances, whatever. What I really mean is, is this goal that you've set, does it connect to a longer term desire than just the next 90 days or six months? And then the T in SMART stands for time bound. Let's put a deadline on it. Let's create a finish line that you can cross. You can write a new goal at that point, and it can be about the same area. You might choose to work on something else. But one of the things we found that builds people's ability to keep a resolution is that there is a timeline where I'm going to evaluate what I've accomplished. So specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. You're almost there to not only having a great resolution, but being able to achieve that resolution as well. And you touched on it briefly, but let's talk about the importance of having an accountability partner. Boy, Dale, it's just like you're reading my mind because that's the last piece. That's the thing that makes all of this really work. And we, we often refer to it as peer coaching. So it's not somebody who's a professional coach. It doesn't have to be. It can be if you want, but it doesn't have to be. It can be just somebody who agrees with you that they're going to let you check in with them and tell them how you've done in the last week. Or maybe you've agreed that they're go you're going to check with each other. So it's peer to peer where we're helping each other. And you build questions around this goal that can be answered with a yes, a no, or a number. So if you're trying to lose weight, the number that you're going to give them once a week could be what you weighed that morning when you stepped on the scales. If it's that you're going to uh, get along better with people, the questions may be, did you do a random act of kindness for somebody this week? That's a yes or a no. Or it could be, how many times did you share a word of encouragement with a coworker this week? The answer to that could be five times or three times. It's a question that they're going to ask you once a week that is a yes, a no, or a number. And what we think is most potent is give them five questions that are around that one goal that you're trying to achieve. So if it's weight loss, it could be what did you weigh, but it could also be 
uh, how many desserts did you eat this week? Or it could be how many beers did you drink this week? Or it could be how many times did you exercise? Because these are all other actions that lead to achieving that goal of weight loss. So somebody that you talk with, and it's magic to talk with them once a week, we found that it works best if you call them on the phone or they call you on the phone the same time, the same day every week. So it may need to be uh, Monday morning first thing, or it may need to be Sunday night at nine o'clock, but you have an established time. And if you can get into that habit of connecting with each other one time each week, oh my gosh, the energy, the power, the focus that that brings, you are now up over 80, 90% chance that you're going to be successful keeping that New Year's resolution. The number one resolution is to lose weight. What are some of the other resolutions you hear about that we should consider? Let's open our eyes to some other options. Well, weight loss is a big one. Uh, exercise, quitting smoking, drinking less. Um, we hear things about, I'm going to be a more positive person. I'm not going to be so down in the dumps, or I'm not going to be so critical of others or negative. Uh, we, uh, we hear a lot of resolutions around finances. A little bit clear because you've just gotten through the holiday season where people tend to overbuy and they tend to load up their credit cards and they have the holiday hangover, so to speak, financially. So that's a big one we hear. A lot of people, it's about this is the year for me to do something big in my education, or this is the year for me to do something big in my career. And then, of course, there are those where, well, I'm going to spend more time with my family or I'm going to go on that I've been talking about for years. Those are the kinds that we hear people make. And, of course, we're always concerned, first of all, about making sure that that resolution that they're setting is something that's realistic. And um, next, as we've already talked about being smart, we got to have some way to keep track of it if you want to elevate the chance of succeeding. The biggest reasons that we read that people don't succeed with their New Year's resolutions are it's unrealistic, they don't keep track of it, they forget they even made it, or the one we've already talked about, they make too many at once and then they can't apply the right amount of pressure, leverage, and focus to any one of them to really get it across the finish line. So are you willing to share one of your resolutions from within the last few years? Yeah, so as I do this every year, I take a look because not only do I have resolutions, but I have what I call the key results that reflect superior performance in my life each year. I usually have somewhere between four to six of those. And I set quarterly goals around those key results, which are sort of like strategic resolution statements, but then I create smart quarterly goals for each one of them. And I review those every week throughout the year. So I, I do all that. I'm. It sounds like I'm pretty organized, Dale. It's by force, not by nature. Uh, because if I didn't do that, I tend to be the person who chases every shiny object. And I wouldn't even remember what I said I was going to do at the beginning of the year. So a big one that I reinforce every year is always around exercise. And for me, it's around getting at least 50,000 steps. I'm getting older. I'm in my 60s. So for me, power walking is actually better for me than running. I used to love to run. But now it's power walking, and it's power walking 50,000 steps a week, which is 10,000 steps a day, five days a week. And I've got a couple days if I'm traveling where it's hard to do, things like that. In my exercise, I also have ab workouts that I do at least three times a week, and I have uh, my push-ups that I do at least three times a week. So that's a big one for me. Another one for me has to do with eating 
I learned a long time ago that I could be a lot healthier. I could have better energy. I could get more out of every day and I could enjoy my health more every day if I was careful about not eating a lot of uh, sugar laden products drinking a lot of water during the day. I almost never have a soft drink. And and I limit the amount of coffee that I drink. And I have a special drink that I have every morning that I consider to be one of the most important parts of my habits of self-discipline. It has barley grass juice in it. It has red beet juice. Sometimes I put a little bit of carrot juice powder in it. And then I use a, a, a healthy protein drink mix along with that. And I have that every day because I know I'm getting at least three servings of vegetables every day when I have that. And then I want to get a total of 10 servings of vegetables every day. So those are all around me being healthy. Um, I have others, but I could probably spend way too much time telling you about all the others because I'm excited about it because it gives me the ability to maintain discipline throughout my life. Well, there and there is, you say excitement, but there is something about this time of year. It, it feels like the clean slate. You've got new opportunities. You've got all of the options in front of you on what you can do, and, and you feel like a fresh start, fresh calendar, yeah. fresh start. Yeah, that's right. And it doesn't have to be in January, but for some reason, most of us gravitate toward that. And in our business, we set our all of our uh, annual goals and review our strategies and things in October and finish up in November so that when we hit the ground running in January, we've got our business plan for the whole year. I have that on one sheet. It's laminated and I carry it with me everywhere I go. So I apply this to business and to my personal life, both at the same time. Absolutely. This has been fantastic. Ron Price is the co-author of The Complete Leader, along with a number of other books. So definitely check out Ron uh, and and get a hold of The Complete Leader. That should be just an automatic. You're going to have that read by the time you hit the end of January. That's about as smart as you can get. <laughs> so it's The Complete Leader. This is The Complete Leader podcast. We'd appreciate it if you would go and subscribe to the podcast in iTunes while you are there. If you would rate the podcast, hopefully we've earned a five star from you and write a quick review. That all helps push this podcast higher up in search results for people looking for this type of information to make their lives and their business lives better and to become better leaders. Any final words for us, Ron? Happy New Year, and may you set a few and very effective resolutions that help you become the person that you want to be. Absolutely. Ron Price, thank you so much. This is the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org.